0: Hi there, and welcome back to Africa Science Focus. I'm Michael Kaloki. COVID-19 cases have been surging in Africa since the onset of a third wave in May. This week, we investigate why vaccination rates on the continent continue to lag behind the rest of the world. Dr. Mazidiso Mweti from the World Health Organization had this to say earlier this month.
1: With vaccine stocks, and shipments drying up, the continent's vaccination coverage for the first dose remains stuck at around 2% and about 1% in sub-Saharan Africa, while some wealthy nations race past the 60% mark. There is a global push to fully vaccinate 10% of the population in every country by September. And to reach this goal, Africa needs an extra 225 million doses. While an infusion of vaccine doses is a top requirement, African countries must also step up vaccination efforts. We need to ensure that the vaccines that we have are not wasted because every single dose is precious. Some countries are struggling with a range of challenges, from logistics to low confidence in the health benefit of vaccines among the population.
0: Dr. Moeti noted that while some African countries have used all of the vaccines sent by the global vaccine-sharing facility COVAX, 20 countries have so far used less than half of the doses they have received. But Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, the head of the WHO, says that wealthy countries should not use this as an excuse to withhold vaccines from Africa, as he warned, that the unequal distribution of vaccines was causing a two-tiered pandemic.
2: What I would like to assure those who are prepared to give vaccines is we have done our homework with the World Bank, assessing countries, identifying the gaps. So the problem now is supply problem. Just give us the vaccines. There is no vaccine. You can't even talk about delivery or absorption capacity when there is no vaccine. And that's causing a two-track pandemic. Those who have vaccines are getting better significantly and they're opening up their society. Those who don't have vaccines are facing serious COVID situation with serious surges in cases and deaths due to COVID. That's the reality now. So let's be real, the problem is lack of vaccines, the differences between the haves and the have-nots, and which is now completely exposing the unfairness of our world. Our reporter Charles Pensulo begins today's
0: report in Malawi's second largest city, Blantyre.
3: I'm now at Queen Elizabeth Central Hospital, one of the biggest and reflow in the country. Behind me is a tent where people have been coming to get the vaccine jabs. But since last Thursday, this tent has been empty after the health officials had announced that they had run out of doses. Before this, hundreds of people were scrambling for the last remaining doses, and the doctors had to improvise by taking doses from rural clinics. But it was never always like this. In May this year, government burned almost 17,000 doses after expiring. The officials said they did this partly to maintain people's confidence in the vaccine. But today, it's not certain when the next doses are coming. But what is clear is that the number of COVID-19 cases are rising.
4: We have seen. Um an exponential increase of number of cases, particularly the last six weeks. This is Richard Mihigo, the WHO Africa Immunization and Vaccines Development Program Coordinator. Uh, So many countries uh, enter a more, uh, even stronger and severe third wave. And uh, if uh, everything continues like this, unfortunately, we may reach a peak in the next uh, two to three weeks. That would be even much higher than what we we, we saw uh, on the uh, in December and January when we we went through the uh, uh, second peak uh, second wave, uh, and we've
3: seen some the countries having uh, their doses of uh,
4: uh, AstraZeneca vaccine expiring. We unfortunately uh, lost close to uh, two hundred and um, twenty eight thousand doses in nine countries. Um, we have a subset of countries where um, the, the, the vaccines that are currently available, with um, the expiry dates uh, of uh, uh, end of June, July, or August, so we have uh, close to 1.2 million doses, um, which we consider at risk of expiring uh, in July and August in 18 countries if um, things are not done to uh, fast track the. Uh, um, um, implementation or rollout of these vaccines. What actually is happening
3: here? Is it uh, the supply chain, w- which is the problem,
4: or what exactly is happening? Well, if we looked on the positive side, we we, we have a certain number of countries that uh, have run out uh, completely of uh, vaccines that um, they've received and are looking for additional dose, either to complete the second dose or um, or even to expand. Last week. We had uh, almost 11.6 million doses uh, that were administered uh, on the continent. So I think um, uh, we, we really want to, to, to put forward. We have uh, several countries, uh, that um, 8 to 10 countries, that have used completely all their, their doses. Uh, we have an additional 12 to 15 countries that have are used up to probably uh, 75% of everything that they, they bring. So we, we do have now those countries that... Uh, lagging a little bit behind and that there is a combination of factors as we explained before um it's not necessarily supply chain it's uh, probably um, um a combination of factors where we um and and, and this uh, constant um uh, feeling that uh, the, the disease is not as as serious as we have seen uh in other countries in europe and america people are not dying enough uh, in big number Um, And we are trying really to um, debunk some of these. uh, um. Sophie Everest is a community
0: engagement and accountability senior advisor for the Africa region at the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies. Vaccine misinformation persists in Africa. But Sophie says there are bigger challenges to vaccine distribution programs.
5: So one of the most um, sort of prevalent themes that we've seen in in our feedback data at community level, throughout the COVID response, is is mistrust in national governments and the implications that that has on people's kind of perceptions and attitudes around a government led response to COVID.
3: We have been hearing reports of vaccine hesitance across uh, different African countries. Has anything changed?
5: I think overall. Um, Demand outweighs the supply of vaccinations at this point, so uh, we don't have enough vaccines coming into Africa as a, in general uh, to meet the demand of people to, who want to get vaccinated. But certainly vaccine hesitancy isn't the reason why people are not uh, getting vaccinated at the pace that we would like to, to see.
0: To find out more about how the vaccine rollout is going in Malawi, Charles spoke to the president of the country's Society of Medical Doctors,
3: Victor Mithi. Since the first COVID-19 vaccine batches came into the country in March, there has been delays in the coming of other doses. You raised concerns about this before, and I was just wondering how serious is this shortage?
6: So for now we 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 need the vaccine as early as yesterday. Uh, just to give you an idea, during the first dose we vaccinated about three hundred and seventy-three thousand five hundred and seventy-seven people, and uh, during the second time, the second dose we have only vaccinated about thirteen thousand seven hundred uh, and eighty six people uh for the past this is the second week now to have been we started this they the, giving people the second dose about a week ago, but then we don't have enough uh jobs for for the second wave um the big concern is coming in because we have seen that people are waiting. People are going to the health facilities, but then they are told that they, we don't have the vaccine. Uh, following it up, we have learned that this is a bigger issue, uh, bigger in a sense that some of the vaccines have been procured, but for them to be delivered, it has taken forever because uh, the vaccine now is up for grab. Almost each and every country is looking for it and there are a lot of logistical and political issues as well as diplomatic issues are tied to the vaccine delivery itself so for now our hands are tied our fingers are crossed we are just waiting and we're hoping for the best i also wish to put it across especially to the malawians uh, that they shouldn't lose hope Uh, They shouldn't uh, shouldn't think that this is a problem of the Minister of Health, but I think this is a global problem. Uh, Therefore, they should continue uh, to go to the hospitals uh, whenever they hear that the vaccine has been made available.
3: I also wanted to know, what is your target and how do you intend to reach the herd immunity?
6: Yeah, so our, our initial target, and we still maintain it, is to give the vaccine, uh, the vaccine address to 60% of our population. Remember Malawi, we're talking of about 18 to 19 million people. So that's our population. Now, our target is to make sure that we should at least give the vaccine to about 10 million people. We don't think this will happen this year. It could happen next year or not, uh, because it means for us to reach 10 million uh, vaccination, we need about 20 million uh, uh, doses, which is not easy. Much as we're very optimistic, but we're quick to realize that uh, this will not be easy to, to achieve dr victor Midi ending today's show
0: next up we have our q a section this week's question
1: comes from stella in lagos hi i listened to the podcast on africa's climate superstars is there any other way the impact that africa's climate researchers are making can be more recognized globally
7: Hello, you have raised a very good uh, question. Most of the researchers are usually happy when uh, they publish information, but not most of them do really push to make sure that that information is translated into some sort of action. So we need some deliberate efforts or mechanisms to make sure that whatever information you are getting and all recommendations are being translated into, for example, some policy actions. So what we need to do now is that African governments must take this as their own uh, you know, special effort. So that once these innovations uh, really become solutions to the climate challenges that we are experiencing, the whole world will begin to uh, look for these solutions and, you know, try to see who was behind the research. After all, we're in a competition. We need not to forget about that. We're in a competition no matter what. We'll always compete. And everyone wants to be the first. So it's up to
0: us as Africans. Thanks to Matthews Malata, the president of the Association of Environmental Journalists in Malawi, for answering Stella's question. If you have a question that you want answered, get in touch. Send a voice message via WhatsApp to 254 Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis, the editors of Fiona Broom and Jackie Opara-Fatoye with reporting from Charles Pensulo. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Michael Kaloki. See you again next week. This program was funded by the European Journalism Centre through the European Development Journalism Grant Program
1: with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.